And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, good sir. Blake, we're starting to get some destinations for these uh, for these transfer portal kids. It it's it's already off to a pretty pretty nutty start. I mean, we we knew Riley Leonard, which we're going to talk about today, but. Who would have thought Tyler Van Dyke would have ended up at Wisconsin? Who would have thought Rocket Sanders would have gone to South Carolina? Like what? Yeah, some of these are not great fits. Now, uh, you know, I did an interview with our buddies over at Believe in Badgers, Matt Perkins, last night, previewing LSU and Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, look, and, and just kind of studying them. I, Joe, we'll talk about Tyler Van Dyke. I know you're going to hate my take on this. I do think that he's going to be put into a better situation at Wisconsin from a coaching standpoint than he was maybe around Miami. And, and look, I, I love Shannon to death down there in Miami. He was a running backs coach at Southeastern when I was there. A year, like he was leaving and I was coming in. Love him mm -hmm. to death. Recruited me. I think Phil Longo might be a better OC that could help Tyler Van Dyke limit some of those mistakes. Yeah, I just don't know if it really moves the needle for me. Uh, and I, I feel like the sentiment and the reaction from Wisconsin fans has kind of been the same, where it's just like, okay, cool. We added Tyler mm -hmm. Van Dyke. And if it, it's kind of low low risk because if it works out, he has a good year and, and he, he boosts his, uh, you know, his profile, his draft projection. If it doesn't work out, you, they, that lock kid who filled in for – uh, Mordecai, yeah. when he needed to, he showed some good stuff. So they still have, you know, two decent, two right. decent options on the roster. Well, I think Mordecai, this is Mordecai's last season, right? Like Mordecai's done. I think he was a sixth year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So he's done. Uh, and look, there are some quarterbacks that are in the portal, some players that are in the portal that have not made destinations yet. Kyle McCord just announced that he is going to be moving on from Nebraska, that he will not be going there. We can talk about him. Also, MJ Morris. Um, the NC State transfer, uh, he has made his destination known over the last hour. Uh, really, Joe, since we, when we were in pre-production, he made his mm -hmm. announcement that he's going to Maryland. Yep. Uh, and, and and look, I, I mean, you still got Cam Ward out there. You still have some other dudes that will be making their announcements. And Malik Murphy, the backup quarterback for Texas, has entered the portal. And, and look, Joe said that he wanted to play in the playoffs, and but – you know, the, the time he didn't really add up for him, that he needed to get in the portal, which is a shame. Uh, and this kind of goes to the overarching theme that the timing and the schedules for college athletics are not, you know, are, are not very beneficial to the portal. But in another way, I mean, hey, man, I, I, Arch Manning, here we come. You know, like you, you'll sit another year behind Quinn Ewers, and then, I, I mean, it's also the writing on the wall. So, if Quinn Ewers yeah. goes down, I don't think you're going to win the national championship anyway. Yeah, we, we already knew that they eventually were going to go to Arch. Uh, I think that he was smart enough to realize that that was going to happen. He's a talented player. He could end up working his way into uh, an impactful role on a smaller Power 5 team. But it, look, he wasn't really going to get in or provide any impact in the playoff. So it right. is what it is. You do raise the one major concern here, though, which is since the portal became a thing it, it, and also the early signing day period is have become a thing, this whole, all this transfer portal recruiting stuff, it's a freaking mess. It's bullshit that the timing of this happens in the lead up to bowl season and the lead up to the national championship. It does need to get moved. And it used to actually be in pretty good timing, but here we are. We're not focused on the bowl games, we're spending the past couple of weeks talking about transfers. And then next week, we're going to talk about signing day. We should be talking about the bowl games because that's really what's the most important thing during this uh, during and this no bowl games get kicked off this this weekend in like the yeah. Orleans Bowl, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll get some games. Finally, we'll get some games here. Also, a big a big one, Grayson McCall to NC State. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on. But, Joe, you know what's interesting? What a – I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Um, an interesting two weeks for the University of Kentucky. Mark Stoops going to be the next head coach at Texas A&M. He's not going to be the next coach at Texas A&M. 
then all of a sudden he returns to Kentucky. And Joe, quite honestly, all that they have done is kill it in the portal. So we'll talk a little bit of Kentucky, Sun Bowl, your Notre Dame fighting Irish versus Oregon State. All I'm going to say is, man, is if you can't beat Oregon State with everything down at Oregon State, they're the third string quarterback, walk on backups, walk ons having to start out there at Oregon State, then you don't, then Marcus Freeman might need to be fired if you can't win this bowl game. They, they obviously won't fire him if they do lose the, uh, the bowl game, but. No, you bring up a really good point. They should kick the shit out of them. They should completely blow past them. It is uh, a wounded beaver. It is a completely wounded beaver, this this Oregon State team. I don't think that they should be afraid of them. A lot of freshmen are going to play on both sides. And for Notre Dame, we're going to get to see some of these young guys that were hyped up for the 2023 recruiting class stepping onto the field and replacing some of these guys that have declared for the NFL draft. What do you smile at? <laughs> you really want to know? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, that's what she said, especially when I was there, you know, wounded beaver. I used to give her a wounded beaver after a night out with me. <laughs> We're seven minutes into the show. We're seven minutes into the show. Man, I can't help it. I mean, it's a uh, wounded beaver. I mean, I gave a lot of people wounded beavers in my day. I can't say shit on this show without it getting a pause or a that's what she said i can't say anything nothing on this show uh, i can't help it man I, I can't help it yeah even the even in the freaking chat knew what i said god like the look thanks chris and Tommy. Chris god says, clip it joe talking about it's a wounded beaver who's the 25 oh. year old and who are the you know the 30 40 year olds that are watching the show and oh so god with me. Like, tommy says that beaver has taken a pounding recently oh my god i don't think my generation uses the word beaver so i think that's also part of Part of why I just said it and didn't think twice oh. about it. Oh god, it's very much a millennial word. That's that's very much a millennial word. What beaver? Yeah, that's the and older. That's not no no Gen Z or oh, say beaver. I used to, you know. Never mind. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. I'm sorry. We got a lot to discuss. Uh, we will talk about the wounded beavers in the last segment. Uh, uh, of the show, but let's talk a little bit of the transfer portal. Uh, some destinations, some guys, some teams getting some really good talent, some not so good fits uh, here as well. So we'll talk about all that. Got lots and lots to get into. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share all the social media groups. Share all those social media pages. Or if you're watching us, listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, wherever you listen to podcasts, do the same. We greatly appreciate it. Let's talk about our uh, good friends over at Bet Online. Maybe they can let you bet on just how wounded that beaver is. We come Jesus. back. <laughs> bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. We're back. Joe, something that we left off here, uh, and I just got reminded of this, <clears throat> is the technically the SEC schedule is out. People just don't know where, like, in what order they're playing teams. If there's some big yeah. matchups at the end, we'll, we'll talk about that. I, I don't think it's as relevant as, as some because you already know who you're playing right i mean so yeah georgia and alabama are playing like what october 28th or something like that, that. one was surprising i was actually pretty shocked by how well and alabama is. okay on october 28th 
they would they would have played Tennessee, Georgia, and then got to go to Baton Rouge after a bye week. Dude. That's a brutal gauntlet, man. That's a brutal, brutal gauntlet. And they got Oklahoma in there. So, hey, man, expansion bringing a lot of big-time schedules and a lot of big-time games into the SEC. Joe, there's been a lot of news. Let me start that over again. Joe, there's been a lot of news over the last two weeks about players entering the transfer portal. One of them that we kind of knew and felt about that being Riley Leonard, quarterback at Duke, makes his announcement he's going into the portal, commits to Notre Dame, but other ones too. Tyler Van Dyke at Wisconsin, Grayson McCall commits to NC State, Rocket Sanders to South Carolina, which I hate that fit for him, absolutely hate. Kyle McCord obviously says that he's going to move on from Nebraska and others we'll talk about when they start committing as well. But let's talk about some of these commits uh, to some of these schools, specifically the quarterbacks. What have you thought uh, so far? Well, to get to Riley Leonard first, this is easily the most impactful and the most important. Look, by the way, I, I'm I'm tired of hearing people. I know you say it kind of jokingly, but I, I'm tired of people saying that this was tampering. It, it It's not, was not a circumstance of tampering. I know on very good authority that this was initiated by him and he has made it perfectly clear that he has had an aspiration and an intent to play for Notre Dame. He has wanted to play for Notre Dame. And this whole thing has been initiated by him. Notre Dame had an intention to add a fourth quarterback because they had three guys going into spring ball. And Marcus Freeman talked about how if one of those guys decided to transfer after spring ball, they'd have two guys on the roster. They had to go and get somebody because they would have been light at the position. They didn't know that Riley Leonard was this interested in coming. He was. He wanted to be a member of the Fighting Irish, and now he is. I believe in the era of the 12-team playoff that Riley Leonard is the guy that is going to help Notre Dame take that next step and be in the playoff in 2024. I truly believe that. I think that we saw, I think that we saw with Sam Hartman this past year that not having a more mobile quarterback didn't work as well within Jared Parker's offense. And also, I think that with a full offseason to really figure this out and Jared Parker not just getting thrown the keys right as spring ball was coming up to give him a full off season to work around Riley Leonard, these new receivers, these veteran receivers, these productive receivers, guys like Chris Mitchell, who have over a thousand yards, one of the top receivers from this past year in terms of production, they are going to be a lot better offensively. And the returning of guys like Kaiser, Howard Cross, and Xavier Watts is going to set them up to be good enough to reach the 12 team playoff. I absolutely believe that. And adding Bo Collins, which you remember, if you remember correctly, you poo pooed on my takes on Bo Collins, and then all of a sudden he committed. I don't remember that name. Oh well, you completely did. You you completely poo pooed on Bo Collins, and you were like, "Oh no, he's not that good." Slow your roll on the playoff. Slow your roll, because listen, Riley Leonard, I get what you're saying. Had a really good 2022. Ran for 700 yards, had 13 rushing touchdowns, threw for another 20 in 2022. He was hurt this past year. And the question becomes is, is that going to be a lingering thing or is that a one-time thing? Is that a one-season thing? Now, when healthy, the kid can really play. And I agree that their offense changes and there's a different dynamic at Notre Dame. You're you're completely changing your style of quarterback. But – can they? Can Notre Dame make the playoff next year with a 12-team playoff? Yes. But I don't know if they're ready to take that next step, though, Joe. And it's not – I don't want to say it's necessarily the next step when it comes to Notre Dame football in the sense of, yeah, you might get into a 12-team playoff, but I don't know if you're going to be any of those teams in there. I don't think Riley Leonard – I got to see not only Riley Leonard in this offense, Joe, I got to see your play calling be a lot more effective than it's been over this past year. I mean, it's one thing that, yes, you're adding pieces. It's something completely different that I thought against Louisville. I told you this against Duke. I told you this uh, uh, against, uh, let's say, Louisville-Duke. Who was the third loss? It was uh, Clemson. Clemson. Oh, God, when we talked about Clemson, they can't move the football in the second half. And we when we were talking, uh, uh, previewing or, or recapping that game, 
I just need to see better offensive play calling, design, scheme before I'm ready to go there with them, right? Defensively, I don't think that there's going to – is or will be any issues. No, I no. think that they might even be a little bit better in some areas next yeah. year with experience and things like that. Offensively, I don't buy that because here's another thing too. A lot of people Joe papoon on Sam Hartman this year, right? Like just completely papoon on him. How do we know that his his experience didn't lead to this offense being even better than maybe it could be under a guy like Riley Leonard? Uh, look, Sam Hartman did some nice things, but what we started to see because they lacked the receiver talent, he didn't have that extra tool in his bag that he could go and pick up yards as a runner. I'm not saying he was a statue. There, there's worse athletes at the quarterback position in the country and in, in the history of college football. But he did, do, did not have the athletic traits that Riley Leonard does, that he brings to the table. I just think that th that natural additional facet to this offense that now can be incorporated with intentional play calling and if things break down, that they are now able to be a lot more explosive. And I just think in general, he has already attracted – Look, wait, Riley Leonard was committed to Notre Dame before he announced his commitment. He, he couldn't have hit it any worse. He was going out of his way to follow every single member of the Notre Dame football team on Instagram, and he was actively recruiting these guys, going and following all the receivers that went in the transfer portal. He is attracting and trying to bring in as many of the top guys as possible. He doesn't care that these young guys left. He doesn't Did care. Academic change, uh, standards change? Well, so this is the other part of this, why I'm really optimistic on what this signals to me, because he's coming in technically not as a graduate transfer, but as an undergraduate. It used to be impossible for Notre Dame to bring in undergraduate yeah, transfers. At Duke, which is a pretty high prestige academic school. But for uh, the other guys and a number of other guys that they brought in the portal and just in general, it is signifying two things to me. One, that there's far more leniency and willingness to bring in these transfers and to work around the academic restrictions to allow them to come to Notre Dame now. But most importantly, they're spending money. They clearly are. We don't know what the amounts are, but they clearly are spending money. And I think that there's far more of a commitment than we've seen in the past, which is, again, why I'm a lot more optimistic. What does that have to do with play calling and the – and? The, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just general long-term future. But I just said with the play calling, he's a better athlete. You can do so much more with a guy that can expand the pocket and that can run. You couldn't do that with Sam Hartman. Joe, what? Y'all ain't gonna do a whole lot of different things. You might do. Some... You don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I do. We didn't have a guy like this on the roster. No, you didn't. didn't... So how do we know how things are going to look differently now that we have somebody who's a good athlete? So you mean to tell, you mean to tell me that in all those games that it was just the wide receivers when I told you you didn't have the weapons on the outside all year long to win? Because remember you the, fought me on that. And, I did. Okay, you fought me on we didn't have the weapon or we have the weapons. They they also the receiver room got banged up though. Collins, you told me a guy like Bo Collins wasn't a good enough weapon on the outside at Clemson. So what What players? What scheme? What difference? Oh, and by the way, is Riley Leonard healthy? Is he healthy? He had an ankle injury in the middle of the season, hasn't played since. He's going to be completely fine by the start of the, the upcoming season. That's going to be completely sure on fine. That? Yes, yes, he's going to be oh. completely fine. I hope he's fine. I like watching the kid play. I, I, I don't you, think an ankle injury do takes a long to recover. What's that? I don't think an ankle injury takes that long to recover. What were you going to say? Well, shit, it took him six weeks. He's, he'll be he'll be fine by the start of the season. He'll be fine by oh, spring. Pulling your chain on Riley Leonard. I, I, I just got to I got to see it happening first, Joe, to say that offensively they're going to be more creative and more dynamic. I don't think you take enough shots down uh, down the field. I, I don't know if you have the time. And look, here's another thing too, Joe. I get what you're saying. Wide receivers are the icing on the cake, right? The foundation of a good cake is the offensive line, and you're losing how many again? Joe Alt, a couple of them all up front. You're replacing a big, what you would think, strength. Oh, well, he wants to run the football. Well, he ain't going to do a shizite thing 
if he can't if you can't establish the run and he's not being protected their offensive line i'm not worried about it okay it's one of the they've recruited incredibly well at that position experience plays into this I, I I get that. I understand that. And there probably you, could be you some know, You know who else recruited a really good offensive line? Who? Alabama. And it took well, them it, it took them time. Now they're going out again and like in the SEC and dominating a team like Georgia. But they're right? doing it now. It took them half sure. the season, but they're doing it. But you ain't got Nick Saban on the sidelines either. So he can they can afford to have units struggling. I don't know if you can. Not with the play calling that I saw this year from Notre Dame. You know that. You're lining up in, in 11 for uh, eleven personnel under center and going 34 dive. What for? Because they they caught themselves in the trap of thinking that because they had Audric Estime that they had to just run the ball up the middle every single time. I would hope that Jared Parker would have a little bit more creativity with a little bit more of an offseason to prepare and make those changes. I agree with you. I think it remains to be seen. I don't disagree with that. But I think at the end of the day, yes, I wasn't super optimistic about Bo Collins during the season, but my reason for my criticism of Bo Collins was saying that he was the only receiver that they had, and he's not the type of guy. He's not the type of guy to be the only receiver in a receiving core to take over a game. He's a great piece amongst a strong group, and the receiving core already is so much better than it was last year. So much better. Riley's going to have to get a little bit more accurate. 57%, 63%, it's not going to not going to cut it. Look at the guys he was throwing to. Look at the teams he was playing. He, he played against Notre Dame, he played against Clemson. So, they're top secondaries and those were his no worst spot. games. Inaccuracy without drops. You know you're being a little bit don't homer me right now. You've seen the kid be I'm inaccurate. Not- I have, but here's the thing that I'm not being a homer. I liked the kid before at the start of the season when I watched him and I evaluated his tape. Fair. Uh, All right. I'll, I'll digress. I, I I mean, is is he a good quarterback? Yes. Basically, to end all this, I don't know how good of a fit it is. How about that? I don't know why it couldn't be. Round peg or round peg square hole. It's not like That's we're throwing. It's not like we're throwing. Uh, I'm trying to think what would be a bad fit. It's not like we're throwing like a triple option quarterback in there. No, but I mean, you're not trying to spread dudes out and run a triple option type of scheme. What people teams run now, Bama runs the triple option. When they run the zone read with Milrow, give it, keep it, throw it in the flat. Joe, that's a triple yeah. option threat. The only difference is, is that you're throwing it forward. You're not pitching it back, right? It's the only – and you're spreading teams out. There's no difference whatsoever. And they do it over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know who else did it over and over and over and over, and over again too? Jaden Daniels. And they'd suck the team in, pause. They'd suck the safeties in and they'd hit – Shots down deep like they did with Malik Neighbors against Bama. I mean, it's it's what teams do with these type of quarterbacks. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. And if if Parker's smart, he's going to do that. He's not smart. He's not an idiot. Tyler Van Dyke going to Wisconsin, committed to Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> look, I know that – look, you have had Miami fans going after you, and now I think it's funny – because they're all now they're saying on social media that Tyler Van Dyke sucked anyway, even though they were coming after you all year about your thoughts on Tyler Van Dyke, but he does commit to Wisconsin. What do you think about that? First of all, again, the Miami fans that demanded I call him, you know, like another worldly quarterback, uh, they can go screw. Um, but to talk about Tyler Van Dyke, I mean, this is fine. As I said earlier in the in the in the open. I think that there's realistically a world where he doesn't start. I, I think that that's really possible. I, I don't think that this is a slam dunk. I think the kid's okay. I, yes, he's in a little bit more of probably a more of a conservative situation, and he's playing in an air raid. It's going to be a lot better for him physically. But this, for some reason, feels like Spencer Sanders, where he might go there and he might not start. This isn't Bo Nix. That's what needs to be established because I saw that floated out there. 
He's not going to be Bo Nix. He's not going to be Michael Penix. Yeah, he's not. You know, I do hold. So here's the thing. I told you that you're not going to like my take. So here it is. You ready? I do think there's one area that I do that I do like with Tyler Van Dyke. You know what it is? What? With all the mistakes he's made, and he made this last year. Joe, he completed sixty, almost sixty-six percent of his passes, two-thirds of his passes. He's almost completing. If Phil Longo and the team can limit and work with him on the lack of mistakes, specifically throwing interceptions, he had 12 this year. I do think that TVD does have some traits. Again, not saying that he's a big-time prospect like people have tried to make him out to be. I think he's respectable enough to what Wisconsin can have to win more football games. They're tough on defense. They play Fast, physical, they're going to – look, they're going to give you everything they have. If they can limit his mistakes – like, Joe, if he throws six interceptions this year, I, I'm going to tell you right now, you know what Miami is? Miami's eight and four, maybe even nine and three, right? So there were a lot of times, especially like against Texas A&M, he did show flashes during games where, look, man, this kid can play. He's got the ability – it's just the decision-making. I'll say this one thing. they got to pick this up quickly because he's had – Joe, I went and looked at this today. got so many offensive coordinators that he's had at Miami. Isn't it three? It's three. So now yeah. he's going to a fourth. I do think that he gets a little – what's the word uh, I'm looking for? Confused. You know, like, hey, maybe uh, offensive coordinator called it this way and this is the play that it was. I, he has not been in the system more than one year that I think that he can learn and develop off of. And I do think that those are some of the mistakes. I talked to an NFL guy today, and I we we were just chit-chatting. I said uh, the news came across the ticker, uh, TVD to Wisconsin. He goes, man, if that kid got in the system for more than one year, like an actual system, I would really like to see what he can do. So, again, not saying that he's this, you know, massive prospect. When you're throwing for 66% completion percentage, you are making good choices. You're just going to have to limit the bad choices that you're making inside that pocket. I know that you don't like that, but I'm not going to papoon on the kid when I know that he did some really good things too. I mean, he's by, – by the way, he's not a kid. This is the other thing too that like yeah, – he's like I, 27. It's 23, 22, 23. Like I, I'm okay. Okay. not uh, far off from, I, I, I'm not, that's not directed at you. I'm just saying, saying in general for anyone who gets mad at me for criticizing a kid, this is a, this isn't a man at this point, you know, he's, he's bad. He's going to be working, working on wall street in a year, uh, not too far from now. The thing with him, I, like I, I get what you're saying. The problem is though, is that when he makes good throws and everything's opened up and spelled out for him, he makes really good, good decisions and he delivers the ball with good timing. But his bad decisions are horrendous. He he turn he has some of the worst turnovers that I see from a quarterback. There, there's other guys in college football that make a bad mistake, and it's just an incomplete pass. It's an errant throw. He usually throws a really bad turnover, a really bad pick, or something like that. You know what? This I threw out Spencer Spencer Sanders on, almost a little bit kiddingly because I'm saying like, oh, if he doesn't play, and, and this this lock kid ends up winning the job, I I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't have that same feel. I actually liked the lock kid in the few games that we saw him, and he showed some nice things, clearly just very inexperienced. But this does, in all seriousness, it reminds me of DJU. It, it really does. Again, I don't want anyone to try and make this out to be Bo Nix or, or Jaden Daniels or any of these guys that found new destinations and played amazing. I think that what's more realistic is he goes to a team that's well-rounded around him, that has a good offensive and defensive line, and that he plays – slightly above average in their bad games and they end up winning nine games. I think that him being DJU in 2023 is, is or 2024 rather is very realistic. I don't know how to feel about that, Joe. Well, well why well, do you think it sounds negative? I think it sounds, it's just, yeah. I mean, because again, I, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I, I don't want to defend the kid. But at the same, the 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 player, okay. I, I just think that it's 
if anybody else in the country would have gone through what he went through, you know who went through exactly what he went through, in all honesty? Jane Daniels did. Right? Like, Jane Daniels went through the same thing that Tyler Van Dyke did, and look what happened. I'm just not going to write him off yet. That's all I'm saying. All right. All I'm going to say, man, look, you might might find me wearing a TVD jersey throughout the – the year rocket sanders commits to south carolina joe we just got done talking about you didn't like to fit for the last player that we were just discussing i like for south carolina that rocket sanders is going there the running back raheem sanders from arkansas i absolutely 1000 percent hate the move for rocket sanders you're going to an offense that ran the ball 126 in the country in rush yards and rush efficiency. Why South Carolina? The only thing I can think about, because remember when the fake news came out about KJ Jefferson potentially entering the portal, South Carolina was being reported by all the South Carolina beat that KJ Jefferson was going to be leaning to go there. Maybe it's, Got some connection to do with that? I I don't know. I hate this move for Rocket Sanders, though. I think it's a horrible decision. I think he should have stayed in the portal. Look, I know that there's a back in Trevor ATN that might be going to Georgia, and we'll talk about that when, when or if he commits. There are a plethora of teams in the SEC that want this kid. Auburn mm. would have taken him. Such a bad move <clears throat> by Rocket Sanders to go to South Carolina. Him and Auburn would have been nuts. And I mean, the, the, the text Would've that you been, and I exchanged. Then you're going to have to start making some real business decisions if you ugh. if you at Auburn. You're going to have to buckle up your chin strap. Go right. to South Carolina, Joe. It, it's a joke. They offensively were so inconsequential this past year. And then on top of this, Spencer Rattler is gone. He, he's going to the NFL. I, I looked at their roster. They got a bunch of three stars that are now the next guy up. I don't know if they're going to go in the portal. They haven't been active in the portal looking for a quarterback. It's just a really weird dying situation. I've never been high on Beamer. They took a huge step backward. They've got a young roster, but this is not a good fit, as he said. I tweeted this out the minute that he entered the portal. This could be really exciting. He would have been a first-round pick had he not gotten hurt as much as he did this year because he is so freaking athletic, and he's rare. A guy at 240 that can run low four fives. He's almost like Leonard Fournette the way that he can play. Like he quit. No, it. seriously, quit it. St- no, come on, man. He quit when he it. played his when he played his best. I mean, statistically, he was on par with with Leonard Fournette. I I'm just saying the way that he's built. He ran how- for he ran for 209 yards this year. He ain't on no, no, no pace with nothing. Year with before, Fournette. The year before he had 1500. He had 1443. 1400. He didn't get to 1500. Lenny got to 2000. He was a 240-pound back that can run a 4-5. I think there's a lot of similarities there. My point is, is if you throw him on a team that is on a national championship trajectory, he helps you get over the hump. You put him on Georgia, you put him on Auburn, which you know maybe not on the national championship trajectory, but a run-first team that emphasizes the run that could use a luxury piece like this, it would have been massive. Like what? Why would you even enter? Just go to the draft if you're going to do this. This does you nothing. You're not going to have this. Yeah. Is this is a step backward from Arkansas? Yeah, I don't know if he just declares that he's not going to go there. Like maybe he enters the portal again, doesn't ever enroll. If I am in his corner now, we don't know how much money he's getting paid there. Okay, but I, I, it's just a, such a horrible decision by him. So. Look, hopefully they can find some offensive linemen in the portal. Nobody's doing it better than Colorado. They added another transfer offensive lineman today. They're going to try to keep Shadur Sanders upright. You don't like the kid from Indiana? No. I'm going to keep this very succinct because I know the Colorado fans don't consistently listen to our show. They only come when we post the videos. Uh, they have accumulated one of the just the goofiest groups of just cast off offensive linemen. Uh, they're fine. The the the, the linemen, the, a couple of them are good. The Tyler Johnson kid's fine, but the rest of them and the Benford kid, you know, I don't know how much better they're, they're going to be better, but they're not putting together well, a national championship that they can. Line. Well, they're just doing trying to do anything that they can to 
keep Shadur Sanders upright. Yeah, they're just trying to get bodies in the room and see who starts. That's 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 a fine strategy. I think it's fine. I just don't think you should expect to go from one of the worst offensive lines to like a top 21. They'll probably be more middle of the pack, top 50. We'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, look, horrible fit, in, in my opinion. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that one, brother. Uh, Grayson McCall, Kyle McCord not going to Nebraska. Grayson McCall going to NC State. Anything on those two guys? Uh, McCord, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see what happens with him. I think that his best fit would be at Syracuse. I, I really love what Fran Brown is, has done already in recruiting, and I think that there's some good offensive weapons. Yeah, Syracuse, Fran Brown, Elijah Romp. Dude, the Qs might be on the, on the rise, brother. They got a hell of a staff up there right now. You also get the spotlight taken off you a little bit. Like, if you're McCord, like, you know, get out of the spotlight, go do your thing, and then go get drafted. Like that's that's what you're trying to do if you're Kyle McCord. Don't don't put yourself back in a negative situation of you know still being in the Big Ten. Uh the McCall thing though, I like I like McCall. I, I think that McCall landing at, at NC State, a team that you know has kind of been trying to figure out who their next quarterback is. He's been around for a million years. I've heard academically he's been a little rough, but it's good for them. And NC State was pretty good this past year. Man, there's nothing better than the, when the key that dome, the cues go wild, man. Look, I, I don't know how Kyle McCord would do if he went to Syracuse. We'll we'll wait and see on that. Um, I kind of sneakily like this Grayson McCall thing to NC State. Look, man, here it, it, the team that nobody is talking about in the country, nobody, is a nine and three NC State team. I told you about them a month ago. Like, hey, man, I told you when they played Notre Dame. Listen, I, I get what you're saying. That's you also immediately discredited that win as soon as it happened, but sorry to continue. Not me. Yes, you did. I will go pull the tape. You <laughs> absolutely me. did. You absolutely multiple times in the first half of the season were like, oh, you beat NC State. That doesn't count for anything. No, what I said was is that you struggled against a really good a ACC team. It's Notre Dame's best win of the year. I'm going to save my blood pressure. Yeah, no, it's it probably no, is. It's Notre Dame's best win of the year. So, uh, again, nobody's talking about them. Notre Dame fans should be pumping up the NC State Wolfpack, you know, stock right now. Sneaky little good pick, Grayson McCall, was injured this year. Joe only played in seven games, around 2,000 yards passing, 10 uh, touchdowns, six interceptions. Had not really turned the ball over a lot, okay? Got hurt this year, couldn't really run. You know, had six touchdowns on the ground a year ago. Only had one this year. So, I, I think a little sneaky good little pickup there, but uh, nothing uh, too too big. By the way, you want to talk about the Sun Bowl really quickly after this commercial since we were just talking a little bit about Notre Dame? Let's do uh, – I was going to say let's talk about Kentucky and then hit the break. Okay, we can do that. I but forgot that we – I forgot we had that. But the Sun Bowl – no, Kentucky. I forgot that we had. Oh, okay. I mean, we're not going to, I'm not going to spend long on the Sun Bowl. I think it's going to be a clapping. Yeah. Which I think is it's why let's save it for the end. Uh -huh. <laughs> I said, that's why let's save it for the end. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about some, so our first real winner in the transfer portal, we do that next. Let's talk about our good friends over at Home Field Apparel. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, which is the best without a doubt premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan. Maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Really quickly, 
Ole Miss has a um, a lot of players returning and adding players into the portal. We'll probably talk about Ole Miss here soon. Their schedule, Joe, the 2024 schedule in order was just released for Ole Miss. Dude, I, I'm going to tell you something. Now they Is got an easy schedule. No, I mean it, it. Not really. They have LSU, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Georgia in that order, but they got a pair of bye weeks in there. Like I think they lose at LSU, but I think that they, then they have an open date. Oklahoma at home, Arkansas on the road, and then Georgia. I don't think they beat Georgia, but they can have another ten and two year and be in the playoff. Lane has got that thing rolling, man. They do not have a tough schedule whatsoever, uh, but we'll talk. I'm telling you, we'll talk a little bit about Ole Miss in the next couple of weeks. But Joe, there is another team in the SEC we got to discuss. That is the Kentucky Wildcats. Kind of doing some really good things in the portal. They get the uh, Jamari Macklin kid, the wide receiver from North Texas, formerly at Missouri, 57 catches a year ago, a thousand yards, 11 touchdowns. Also adding Chip Trainum. Okay, three hundred or about four hundred yards of total offense this year. Okay, and a pair and then three touchdowns. But man, they got Brock Vandergriff, Raymond Contrell. They've done a really good job in the portal so far with their portal additions. I'm in love with this class that they put together, and, and today it was it almost blindsided me because like I was kind of hearing some of the other locations that that Macklin could have ended up at, and then I was like, whoa, he picked. He picked Kentucky. Wow, that's a, it's a really fun spot for him to end up at. And I, I look at this whole class; they're completely revamping their offense. Since I think two years ago was the last time that their offense felt really dangerous. They didn't have a lot of receivers this past year that were threats. They didn't have, um, you know, a, a consistent quarterback. Devin Leary was all over the place. I think with Brock Vandergriff adding him into the mix it reminds me of getting will levis this is a former highly recruited kid uh that just could not get onto the field because there were more talented right. guys or more experienced guys it's a great comp and i think physically there are some comparisons to be made he's a big strong kid he's got a great frame he's got an nfl frame we could see a bit of an ascension here for brock vandergriff but macklin explosive productive receiver from north texas one who was not talked about enough when he entered the portal Cottrell is a nice ad as well. I love that with Ray Davis, you transition from this, you know, this twitchy, powerful guy in Ray Davis to now it's getting a, a yeah, you're getting a bowling ball with Chip Chip Trainum. I think this is right. just they, they know what they want, and I think that the the trend is in a positive direction. I tell you what, the way that we look at the playoff is going to be very different this offseason. Pay attention. I don't know what their schedule is like hey, this upcoming year. You took my take. You, you, we're on the same page here. You took my take on Kentucky because, Joe, I do think that the second team in the East is open. Can they battle for Missouri there? And can the second team in the SEC East make the playoff? Right? Like, I, I could make the argument whether you like it or not. So, for an example, we talk about the SEC West all the time. There could have been an argument that – the SEC West should have gotten in Bama, Ole Miss, and LSU because you would have had to have a really big debate on your on your hands. Hey, LSU is nine and three, but they beat a Missouri team who did not challenge themselves in the not in the non conference. There's a little bit of opening behind Georgia. No one is solidifying that. Missouri's going to have to continue to contain that. They get a they get a good back in Marcus uh, Carroll from Georgia State. I think that was a fantastic pickup. But all yeah. I'm saying is, I like what they're doing. I think Vandergriff's got some, you know, some ability. I think I like the Will Levis comp uh, as well. But here's another thing, man. We talked about Florida a couple days ago, right? Like, hey, man, Florida used Florida Georgia used to be those twos. Florida and Tennessee used to battle back and forth for who's going to win the SEC East. But man, Joe, Florida next year has Georgia. At Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida State in the last month. It is the most brutal stretch of any team in the country. That is the most brutal stretch you will find. So I say all that to say, like, everybody's like, oh, well, year three, Billy Napier, what can he do? 
he ain't doing shit. We're losing divisions in 2024, right? We are. Okay. We are. But let me see this. Yeah, Georgia at Texas at L or LSU, Ole Miss, Florida State. So you don't even you can't even put Florida in that in that question mark, right? Like you can't throw Florida in to what we see, and especially with the portal additions of Kentucky, and then you got Tennessee where they got Nico. What does he look like? Nobody is. There's nothing outside of Georgia in the SEC East that you know for a fact right now. On December 13th, 2023, the year of our Lord, who's going to take that second spot? Joe, the second team in the East this year is Missouri. They're in the playoff next year, right? My Missouri Tigers that I picked to win, be in the second mm. SEC. I'm going to keep saying that until next year, man. The war, I can't and stand doing that. Dude, and he, you know what another thing is? You know what the first thing I thought about when Macklin committed today? Remember when Stoopsy went up to the podium, or not the podium, but the radio show and said, y'all want to win? Y'all want to compete with Georgia? You got to give me more money. Mm. And you and, and you know what they're doing? So Stoopsy almost leaves for A&M because he knows what he's got to get here. He's tired of dealing with getting his teeth kicked in, right? I want to be competitive at minimum. Like, hey, I know basketball is the number one thing at Kentucky. I need money to compete. Getting the Macklin kid is massive for them. That I think is a really good point here. Is that a really good point? I made it. All right. All right. They might be entering a completely new era here for, for Kentucky football because there was this, this gripe by the fan base that Stoops can't get us over the hump. And then he comes back and says, well, I need the bread, man. I need the money. You guys got to give me the money. And I completely forgot he said that. And my main takeaway from this was there's clearly now more of a commitment to the portal and paying and, and making some moves to bring these guys in. I, I see far more of a commitment by Kentucky that we haven't gotten from them over the past couple of, uh, of off seasons. I'd be curious to see who else they maybe add. I'd love to see if they can add any of the top linemen that are still available. But still, this is fantastic. This, this is huge for them, and as we've mentioned here, the portal, or not the portal, the playoff looks so different in 2024. There are right. so many different ways that I would argue the fourth best SEC team, as long as they've got nine wins, could Mine find their way in the playoff. Yeah. yeah Mine and in. You got three in right now, right? And, and, and as an example, like LSU lost to Florida State week one. If they don't do that, Let's just say, you know, they play USC. There's no telling what USC is going to be next year. Let's say they don't lose that week one game. You're going to have four SEC teams in the playoff. Can one of those be Kentucky? That'd be the only question uh, that you would have. All right. Want to get to the Sun Bowl really quickly? Yeah. Notre Dame, Oregon State, the Sun Bowl. The Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl? Yeah. Respect Tony the Tiger. Well, you know what? This bowl game, you know what it's not going to be? Great! Because Oregon State does not have not only their starting quarterback, they don't even have their backup quarterback in Childs. They don't have their head coach. Joe, this is going to be a splattering. And I promise you this. I know it's your Notre Dame fighting Irish. I know that you love them. If you can't dominate in this game, Marcus Freeman needs to be unemployed the next day. Again, I don't think that'll happen because he's done worse. It was going to happen. Right. I, I don't disagree. With happen. I don't disagree, though. Yeah, I think the plain and simple, knowing how these two teams are, one team is a lot deeper than the other, and we're going to see this is, this is an exhibition game. This is one of the few that's like a true, true exhibition game. And I think we get to see – uh, you know, a lot of these young defensive players and offensive linemen get to step up for this Notre Dame squad, and we get to really see what that group could look like for next year. I'm excited for Steve Angeli, who's the backup quarterback for Notre Dame. Does he have anything? Or, or maybe they making a mistake adding Riley Leonard? Obviously, I don't think that's true. But does Steve Angeli flex a little bit that there's no Sam Hartman? But this is going to be weird, man. I, I would at least 
like to see Jared Parker have fun with the play calling. Like, don't call the same shit you did the whole year. Do right. something different. Well, I, I'd like to be exposed to something else. I, I don't even know, though, like who are even any of the factorable players for Oregon State. I don't know if Fuaga's playing, but Damian Martinez either. is. I Joe, I'm trying to do research today for the show, and I got nothing, bud. Like, I, I mean, my, you know, the team helps me put – info together i'm at work all day you know like I, I i can't i can't be always looking at other teams and they can't really they they're like like we, we have no idea you know like they, they always on this here sheet of paper give me the stats all right it's tbd for oregon state they put it on everyone because it's like blake we have no idea who's playing in this one by the way did i, I let me throw this out at you just throwing this to you Notre Dame might be the most balanced team in the entire country. In what sense? They're 32nd in rush offense. They're 32nd in, in rush defense. They're 39th on third down offense. They're 39th in third down defense. They're 8th in scoring offense. They're 8th in scoring defense. Yeah, they're they're extremely bland they the and average. balanced. They're, you know what they are? What? They're the Notre Dame is the accountant. They're the CPA of college football. They're average. Uh, I actually don't hate that. Um, you know, they are very average though. But I, I mean, dude, again, I can't make this up. I I saw this. I'm like, guys, y'all, y'all messed up. And they're like, no, the, no, you didn't. And so I go and look at it myself. I'm like, they they've screwed this up. And lo and behold, they were right. Yeah, it is pretty stupid. This is exactly <laughs> what I've watched every single week. Uh, dude, CPA with the, you know, the uh, pocket pencils. Notre Dame, where's pocket pencils? Yeah, that's most of the graduates from Notre Dame too. So yeah, that you're not, you're not wrong with that, with that um, metaphor that you're using. Uh, just one other last thing I'd say with this too. Uh, we've kind of discovered that a lot of these, upperclassmen that could have gone on to the NFL have decided to stick around defensively. I think that that's the big, just blatant indicator that they're going to kick the shit out of them, that God, they're dude. bringing back most of that defense and they're going to have no issues holding it. Their only threat is Damian Martinez. There is nothing else to be afraid of at all. Let me throw this out to you too. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know what's Oregon State promoted from within. So maybe they can get, you know, some energy early. But man, you better be able to splatter this team. And I'm talking about it better be a splattering because then you're going to have a long offseason of questions of why you cannot get things done. All right, Joe, we got about three minutes. The SEC schedule just released in order. Can we touch on this very briefly? Yeah. Something interesting from our buddy. Okay, so let me back up. The SEC schedule in order for 2024 was released just moments ago. Joe, let me throw this your way. This is from our buddy Josh Pate, who a big-time commenter on the show, even though he did it once, all right, and even though I tell him he needs to do it more than once every single day, he just tweeted this, and I, I, I want to bring this up. The SEC non-conference – you want to hear the list of teams that the SEC is playing in the non-conference? You ready? Who? In the first two weeks, Michigan, USC, Clemson, Miami, NC State, Houston, Arizona State, USF, Oklahoma State, Cal, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. Oh, and by the way, in week three, Alabama goes up to Wisconsin and faces the Badgers. So, oh, the SEC's down. They're not winning all their their non-conference games. They're the biggest conference in the country that tests themselves more than anybody else. Okay, let's 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 not you know glaze that much here. They, they also they Joe, also deliberately schedule FCS opponents in the final month of the season. They also they, test the, themselves more than anybody. I, I don't think that there's like this far separation of them testing themselves. I don't think that that's true. I don't, Who is Notre Dame's non-conference? Oh wait, that's right, Marshall, Texas A&M. They play Texas A&M in the yeah, start but you also play you also play Marshall too. We don't play I'm Marshall this upcoming season. The SEC doesn't. What are you talking about? 
Just because uh, you wait, lost wait, wait. doesn't mean you got to be bitter. Let, that's not what I'm saying, though. All I'm saying is that I don't think that it's it's like the SEC has this difficult schedule. I think that the Big Ten schedule now is going to be difficult schedule. It's difficult, but it's not like blatantly more obviously difficult. That you're acting like the other conferences don't test themselves at all. Like you're making it seem like that's the case. They don't. They happen to have scheduled some difficult non-conference games. Yeah, because more, everybody wants to play SEC anybody teams. else. Almost by double. You know it's almost by double, right? Do you know that? Do you have that number for, for certain? No. <laughs> You're just saying that. <laughs> well, Who's no, I remember the stat of it saying that there being 37 non-conference games that like high profile non-conference games for the SEC and it being like 17 for the Big 10 was the second conference. Like Rutgers didn't want to play nobody. Okay, obviously Rutgers isn't actually wait, let's see. Let's see who does Rutgers play. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Don't, don't talk shit about Rutgers, man. What do we I mean LSU plays two for pick LSU plays two Big Ten teams this year. They play UCLA and USC. UCLA is not going to be a hard game. You say that. You've seen our defense? Hey, Rutgers plays Akron, man. Take them a little more seriously. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Oh, really tough test. Akron. They play, they play Virginia Tech. That's a that's a decent ACC yeah, team. No, Virginia Tech was like three and nine. That's not true. Four and eight. I don't know why. It's really funny seeing the fact that Washington has to travel to Piscataway, New Jersey. I don't, it's just hilarious to me. UCLA has to come to Piscataway. Air Alaska. You know that's the 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 service. Yeah. Planes that use Air Alaska out there. Air Alaska is going to take them to New Jersey. By the way, speaking of it's New Jersey, um, I think it would be, I'd be very remiss to not mention this on the show. Um, Joe, we finally got a quarterback in New York. Tommy DeVito, baby! The bit is funny, but he's also keeping us from being able to draft the new quarterback. So You don't need another quarterback. Tommy DeVito's not the guy, man. Tommy DeVito has been fun to watch, and he's going to be a nice backup in the NFL. Are you saying that he's the Jeremy Lin of the New York Giants? Is, are we watching like a Lin Sanity in front of our eyes? Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's so far off. Kind of no, Devito can play, man. When you know, you know what he threw you know, for. He didn't even throw for two hundred yards in that game. Daniel he, Jones does that consistently. No, well, Daniel Jones fucking sucks, and I've said that from day one that he sucks. And the bar to measure if he plays better than him should not be Daniel Jones. Hey, okay, you know uh, when Tommy Devito was born? Did you know what song that was played? What? When the moon hits the sky like a big pizza by it's some more. See, you're not he, a New Jersey Italian. Remain, you're not in a New Jersey Italian. Huh? You don't you don't get it. You're just not you're not in a New Jersey Italian. You're playing what too much into the uh, it's, it's a different vibe. It's still a little bit of a different vibe. Is it like Jersey Shore? No. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, did you see his agent, by the way? Yeah, the, that guy's a clown. Yeah. No, he's not. Stand up for the Italian race, asshole. That guy should not be dressed like that. He knows what he's doing. Joe, he, he just came from the bakery. He got him some gabagool, okay? Like, what he's are you doing talking a bit. about? You know what? Gob gobble, never mind. The, the, he's doing gobble, a bit. You do get it at a bakery because... I know it's meat, but you could get it at a bakery too. What do you think you put on your bread? In Italian, you get it at an Italian deli. You don't go to get it at a bakery. You get it in an Italian deli. Mm. You're late for your next show, by the way. I'm glad that you're late. Uh, we're not. Of... Oh, you're we're, not going we to got away from the basketball game. So, oh, uh, I didn't know that. All right. I hate it. What do you think was funnier? Our Tommy DeVito bit. Are you saying smash that beaver? I completely forgot that that happened an hour ago. <laughs> but 
Neither. <laughs> Smash that beaver. We'll see you guys uh, on Sunday. Y'all have a good night. Peace. Peace.